my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am, uh, feels weird going at it hard this week. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. I'm sorry, Joe. I have no pithy retort this week. I'm not in the mood. Yeah, so this is not the show uh, we thought we were going to have this week. Uh, I don't think anyone affiliated with WCOOP had the weekend they thought they were going to have a few days ago, and it's pretty much all we've got to talk about at the moment. For the last 48 hours, I have been genuinely pissed off. I think my mood has been one of bitter disappointment. So I can only imagine how the tens of thousands of players who wanted to participate in WCOOP last Sunday must be feeling right now because I'm looking at this from a very selfish perspective. I'm looking at this as someone who was excited about streaming the main event, who was excited about the tense finish we had to the player of the series race. And we were denied that with what happened on Sunday. And again, whatever level of anger I'm feeling is insignificant compared to what the players have had to endure. Yeah. Um, and players from all walks of life, right? From yeah. the, the smallest of buy-ins to people who traveled, all of it. It was, uh, there's no other way to say it, that this weekend was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, the site was attacked. Now we got to sift through the mess, try to make things right. So our guest today is the director of online poker experience for poker stars. His name is Chris Stragalis, and we're going to ask him all of your burning questions, my burning questions too, because I don't know the answers to a lot of these things as to what went on over the weekend and what's going to be done about it. Yeah, we're going to have an open conversation. Plus, uh, before we press pause on the series for a few weeks, because the series is coming back, we're going to check in with WCOOP correspondent Howard Swains one more time to chat about the parts of WCOOP that did, in fact, finish. And some exciting stuff did happen towards the tail end of last week. That cannot go unacknowledged. We will get into it with Howard. Great. And uh, we are going to still do Super Fan versus Stapes. Hopefully, yes. by the end of the show, we'll be back up and feeling the way we normally do. But we've got a, we've got another mob movie on the docket this week. Sebastian Generali, a very mob-sounding name, uh, he got in touch and said he wanted to challenge me on the movie Donnie Brasco, which I'll get into more later. But it was the first gangster movie I ever truly liked. Hmm. Okay, Joe, let's get straight to it because I'm sure everyone wants to know what the hell went on over WCOOP main event weekend? And as advertised, we are joined on the show by Chris Dragalis, who is the director of online poker experience at PokerStars. Strag, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. I mean, many people listening to this show will know you as Strag from Discord or PokerStars Strag from Twitch chat. You are already out there in the community. Just to give the overview, your remit is, and I appreciate this is very basic, product, operations, and game integrity? That's exactly right. Perfect. Well, to be very clear, poker product. I don't do all of the product stuff. Anything to do with playing poker on our various clients. Now, wow. you and I talk about poker frequently. We catch up about work stuff, and we had been discussing getting you on the podcast this isn't what I had in mind. This is Me not either. what I envisaged. Uh, I'm sorry it's not in happier circumstances. And I do take it the last 72 hours has been pretty brutal for you. Well, it has. Um, and, and yeah, I agree with you. We did talk about this and was hoping that we'd, uh, we'd be doing this under pleasanter circumstances. But we take the good with the bad, right? And that's part of it goes along with the job. And, and what I am glad is that we are able to talk about it. And that, that's why we're here. 
All right. Well, we've heard the word it a bunch of times, right? Talk about <laughs> it. Chris, what happened? So, um, yeah, as at uh, approximately 7 p.m. UK time, um, we were hit with a DDoS attack, a, a dis distributed denial of service attack. Um, quite a technical term. Uh, those, those of us in technology, we love an acronym and uh, it often confuses me. Um, what is a dis distributed denial of service? Um, basically, um, it, it, it kind of starts with with malware. Um, so we're often warned about you know, don't click on that link and and uh, you get emails and you know they're quite suspicious. Um, and most people think that that's somebody that's trying to hack you. And they are trying to hack you. In some cases, they are trying to steal your information. But in other cases, what they're actually trying to do is is actually insert software in your on your computer that allows them to take control of your computer when they when they so desire, and to use it for nefarious purposes. And in this case, what they do is they install this malware on thousands and thousands of, of computers all around the world that basically lays dormant until they decide to use it for an attack like this. And what and when they to do a distributed denial of service attack, they're basically activating all these computer computers and using your bandwidth to attack us. So they're 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 basically acting as a, it's called a botnet. So each right. one of these are called bots. Sometimes they're called zombies because they're they come alive out of out, after after lying dead for a while, and essentially they they are flooding us with data. It's a very very high level description, but but they their their goal is to flood a company with so much data it brings. It overwhelms your your servers, and they it brings you to your needs. So okay, so what you're saying is it uses unsuspecting people's computers. Like my grandma clicked on a link, whatever, accidentally, and then it it uses her computer to it to like try to log into PokerStars. Is that how they do it? Or? Not not so much that they're basically using the bandwidth, and and again, there's what we call vector attacks. There's different ways they can try to attack you. Usually, it's just flooding you with all kinds of garbage data. That that kind of overwhelms the pipe of, of 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 you know we all as in your home you have you know whether you have fiber whether you have you know back in the days when we had dial up you have a limited bandwidth right well even us as a company we have a huge pipe we have a huge amount of bandwidth but they're sending us so much data gigabits and gigabits of data uh, per second that that they're basically flooding that pipe and they're also confusing our servers because they're flooding us with data that we don't recognize and makes it hard for us to actually pick out the good data from the bad data. Okay, so we've established that this was a specific attack. It, one of the things that I I took personally over the weekend, and I'm sure you took it way more personally, is when I see people saying like, "Oh, this happened because our servers couldn't handle WCoop weekend, or we were going to miss some guarantee." And it, it, the the know it alls really got on my nerves. Can we specifically address those two claims? Yeah. So first of all, um, no, we're not afraid of overlay. And in fact, I would point to our phase events where um, we had our phase two events scheduled to run on the Monday. Um, we obviously missed what we would have considered our peak time to run phase ones into that phase two. Um, we Rather than pushing those out and, and avoiding that overlay, we actually intentionally made the decision to run them, the phase twos as scheduled, knowing we were going to eat, I think it was about 350,000 worth of overlay um, intentionally. Uh, and we could have we could have mitigated that we could have avoided it, and I don't think we would have heard people complain about that. But we knew people had made plans to play at that time, and we wanted to accommodate those people, so we took that one on the chin. Um, I can tell you that from our own pace trackers and and from our main events, we weren't worried about the overlay. It was we were on a natural pace, and we felt quite confident that it, we were gonna we were gonna exceed our guarantees uh, on those events. So um, the overlay thing, yeah, it's it's galling to hear that, but 
Um, but Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. You know, yes, it, it hurts. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a knife in the stomach when I hear that, especially when I I know that it's it's somebody attacking us and yeah. and that's painful. But I also try to put myself in their position. I mean, we're we're all customers of of some company, and sure. and we all have frustration at times. And being in the position I'm in, I'm often in the case of you know whether whether you know it's another game I like to play or a banking service or whatever. I have an empathy for them when it goes down. So. In these cases, like, like I get the frustration of people. They've so many people. People have traveled to play these events. People have set aside time to do that, yeah. and they're so much looking forward to this. And to me, the, their their anger, they're 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 lashing out at us because who else can they lash out at? Yeah. And, and on the subject of that, Strag, I mean, it took a while, obviously, for us to confirm that it was an attack. Is it fair to say that a lot of the anger we were seeing just comes from a lack of information from the players' point of view? Well, absolutely. I, I'm often fond of saying that any relationship tends to break down for two reasons. Um, it's communication and trust, right? Um, mm. And and essentially, in a situation like this, that's exactly what's happened, right? We're we're unable to communicate, and so that leads to a lack of trust. And and so, of course, um, that was one of the first decisions we want we wanted to to make was we wanted to come out and publicly say this was a DDoS attack because. That's what frustrates me is when somebody says, "Oh, it's because your servers can't handle the load." It's it's less about avoiding the guarantees, Joe. It, it was it was much more about that your technology can't keep up with the load. We've we've had much 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 bigger weekends than this in the past. It's absolutely not the case that that the servers couldn't handle the load. It was it was the frustration that that we were being attacked, and so being able to come out and say that, um, e- even though it was after the fact, and I appreciate it was you know later than players would have liked to to, to hear. You want to hear information instantaneously. Um, but we we have to make these decisions judiciously and 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 do it with the, and also with the right amount of information. So, sure, take, take us behind the scenes on Sunday night. The first I saw was when the message went out that tournaments have been paused, and that's where I'm like, uh oh. I mean, was there the the hope must have been there, right, that we could still restart? I'm assuming that cancellation of any tournament, but especially something like the six WCOOP main events is a last resort. No, absolutely. And and in fact, um, it's so, um, as you might imagine, when it's a WCOOP main event Sunday, I'm I'm at my computer and with our operations team and we're all anxiously... Yeah, so I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a Jurassic Park type of situation <laughs> where there's like a bunch of people looking at monitors, meters, things like that. How far, or obviously people are remote, I guess, at this point, yeah. but like how far off is that image? Well, it's also a Sunday night and yeah, we have people in different parts of the world. So we are all quite remote, but that's, you're, you're not far off. We've got our dashboards. We've got our performance indicators going on. We've got our, like we, we call it a pace tracker where we see how close we are to the guarantee and what pace we're on. Um, so we are monitoring all of that. We're looking at the player counts. We're watching Twitch streams. I mean, we're, we're all... But we're all poker fans and poker players ourselves. So we're, and as James says, you know, I'm I'm very active into Twitch streams. I lo- I love to watch poker. So you know, that's that's we're all excited and we're all you know. There's a little bit of nervousness. You know, are sure. we going to make the guarantee? You never know until you hit it. Um, and so yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Where this this kind of nervous anticipation, but also a lot of, a lot of excitement going on as well. Um, and so yeah, right up until the moment, you know, we're 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 going. Oh yeah, things are looking good. So oh, that's- for you, what's the first sign of trouble that you saw? Um, so again, because we're we're what we call eyes on, we're 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 monitoring. We immediately started to see um, what we call round trips. Um, that is the the the, the 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 time it takes for messages to get to players' computers and back to us. We started to see those lengthen. 
So that's a really bad indication, right? Um, you know, and and that that's already telling us that there's a problem somewhere in the system. Um, and and actually, what happened was at three minutes past the hour, we saw a blip, but then it almost immediately came back. So we were like, oh, okay, maybe that's just a blip, and and it was like a one or sec- two second issue. Um, and we have our players and our ambassadors in Discord and various chats that are telling us what's going on. So we're monitoring that as well. We're, we're looking for real real time feedback there. Um, and so that okay, phew, that's a, that's a, that's a blip, not a big deal. Then another ten minutes passed, and all of a sudden the attack began in earnest. Um, and that's when our our um, network operations team, NetOps, as we call it, again we love we love a concatenation, we love a we love an acronym. <laughs> um, so they they um, basically alert us that hey we're 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 facing an attack, guys, uh, and we need to start our, our mitigation process. And at at that point, that's when we we start pausing the tournaments. Now, okay. The question I, I want to address the question from James of like when do we make the decision to cancel? Yes. Um, so normally when something like this happens, we're pretty quick to cancel tournaments because we know it's unreasonable for us to expect players to wait around. And you know, the the worst thing in the world is you know you pause tournaments and then resume them, and players have gone off to do something else, thinking that they that that the site's not coming back, right? So um, normally we we make that decision pretty quickly within 20, 30 minutes. We're going ahead and cancel tournaments. But in something like WCOOP main event Sunday, that's not a decision you take lightly. Lightly, and in fact, we were getting feedback from players saying, "Don't you know? We want to come back and play. Let us know when we come back and play." Um, so, this in this instance, we did a much longer uh, pause period than normal. We're understanding too that, by the way, just because we take that decision and we're taking longer than normal. Um, if somebody had gone away and didn't come back and then came back to us later and said, hey, I thought you guys had, had, were, weren't coming back and I had walked away, um, we would have compensated those players as well. So it's not like, um, you know, we, we know that every minute that goes past, it's an additional financial impact for us. And we're we're more than willing to take that impact because, again, we want we want the events to go on. Is, is part of the problem in this moment that you can't even really communicate either, like if the whole site is being jammed up, like can you even send a message uh, to players, it says we'll be out, up and running in five minutes, ten minutes. Hang, hang tight. Like, is that even possible? Well, it it often depends on the nature of the attack and how broad the attack is. And 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 in this case, um, I, I'm I, and I hate to give anybody credit, but these guys were very sophisticated uh, and very powerful. They were sending us uh, huge, huge amounts of data, uh, and they were attacking us at multiple points. Um, internal tools were working, um, so we were able to do the things we would like to do. In fact, we had uh, we we had kind of our lobby banners up in our in our clients immediately saying we're aware of technical difficulties. We were able to get that sort of things up. That's not always the case. <clears throat> we were able to do it this time, though. Um, and also that uh, um, again, we were talking to players again. Social media, um, um, and, and, and huge credit to our ambassadors as well. They were immediately active on Twitch. Lex uh, Veldhaus in particular, obviously amazing job who stayed around for hours and hours and hours asking oh, wow. questions. Um, absolutely brilliant. And of course, we were, he was asking us questions and we were feeding them back to him. So it was yeah. great to have that. But yeah, we, we try to communicate as much as we can, as quickly as we can through all the channels we have available to us. I guess you gave a very kind of um, good overview of how a DDoS attack works. This is nothing new. A lot of high-profile businesses have been victim of these attacks in the past. We know that various poker sites have been the subject of these attacks in the past. I guess the obvious question is, what measures had we taken to prepare for something like this? What protections were in place that didn't work 
on Sunday night. So again, I'm not going to get into a huge amount of specifics, much like when we talk about game integrity, we don't like right. to open the kimono fully because you don't want to give information away to potential future attackers. But first and foremost, um, we have DDoS attacks happen quite frequently, um, not to this level of sophistication or this volume of data. So we often are mitigating those attacks and, and players never even see them. So we have multiple levels of protection that we have in place. We have kind of a base level of protection that's there. Um, that's our kind of on our own systems. But almost every large major company contracts with third-party providers to provide an additional level of protection. And a situation like that, the minute we detect that a DDoS is happening, we switch over to that level of protection. But basically, there's a company that has an enormous data pipe and they can accept all of that traffic without them failing over. And then the traffic then, wow. um, they filter that traffic for us so that only the good traffic gets through to us. Um, and in this case, there were, you know, you, so then your, your next natural question is, well, what happened? Why didn't yeah. it get, why didn't that work, right? Well, first of all, it does take a little bit of time to do that. So, um, it, and when I say a little bit of time, we're talking minutes, not hours. To, to, to do that, that that switch over to our provider. But the other thing that's kind of important here is that um, we have a very complex system. We have, uh, and and like I said, these guys were sophisticated. They didn't just hit us in one direction. They hit us in multiple directions. And it turned out that some of the directions that they hit us when, with, um, we weren't expecting. And we had to make additional configuration changes with our provider um, to make that happen. And so things didn't go as smoothly as we expected. So um, you know, it's it's not completely on our uh, on the attackers. I mean, it is on them. The fact that they did a DDoS that that's not something people should do. Um, but the fact is, we should be able to recover gracefully from that. Um, and so th there were a couple of failure points um, that that caused us to not be able to recover as grace gracefully as we would have liked. So this is the sort of thing that you can say with confidence that you know, obviously, you can't stop these people from trying this, but. It's like every time you learn something new from it and you're able to be better prepared for the next time. Is that how it works? Exactly right. Exactly right. We, we, you learn again, just the same way game integrity works. Every time an attack happens, every time something happens, they get smarter, we get smarter. Right. And, and it's kind of that game of one upsmanship you do. So, yes, every time we, we have an attack, we learn something new. And, and, and they, these guys tried something, some stuff a little bit unusual. Um, that you don't normally see an attack like this. Again, I'm not going to go into specifics on that. I hope you appreciate that. But um, so, yeah, we've learned from that and we'll be making not just changes that we saw, but also we can infer from that what else might happen. So we're going to go even further and uh, and make and make additional changes. So um, we have an entire team dedicated to the, that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and those meetings are just, they've been ongoing for the last few days already, just to make sure that we're continuing to, to protect and harden our systems. So obviously there's the kind of how we move forward technically after what happened on Sunday night. Now let's talk about what happens as far as players are concerned. So for anyone who's not familiar, and I'm a little bit sketchy on the details, when a tournament is cancelled, let's just take the, the WCOOP main event, the high buy in WCOOP main event as an example. Mm -hmm. At the point that that cancellation occurs, what happens? Well, it depends on the stage the tournament is in. Okay, so if the tournament hasn't even started, that one's easy. We just give everybody their buy-in back, right? Right. Um, and if a tournament is started, uh, but uh, but is not yet finished late registration, um, we do what we call a roll forward. Um, now, in that case, because we haven't finished late registration, um, we take whatever buy-ins have been collected, 
Um, we only address the people that have not busted out. So if you've busted out, your tournament was your tournament journey was done. So we we you know we we assume that that's a, a normal uh, normal consequence. Anybody who's currently remaining, the first thing we do, everybody gets their rake back. All of those players get their rake back, and that comes from us. It's not coming from the prize pool. The remaining prize pool gets divided in two ways. One, we take fifty percent of the prize pool and divide that equally. Right. We take the other fifty percent of the prize pool and we divide that by chip chop. And 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 that's uh, and that's that's what everybody uh, everybody receives. That's quite automated. And so people, as soon as we kind of essentially hit that button that says roll forward, um, emails go out, and you get a very detailed email with the breakdown that shows you exactly um, quite it's, it's quite detailed in terms of here was the prize pool, here was your rake, here's how many chips you had, here's the total amount of chips that that were in the tournament. I mean, we we try to be as fair as possible uh, when it comes to that. The other case that didn't happen in this particular, for the main events, but for some other events, if let registration is finished, in that case, we do uh, take the guarantee. If we if we had overlaid, we still pay out that overlay. Um, so we, we we honor the complete prize pool at that point in the tournament. But every other detail is exa- essentially the same. Uh, it's a little bit different in that if you've already hit the payouts, um, the calculations are a little bit different. But you know, I should also say that all this information is available on our website yes. uh, and at a, at a great level of detail as well. Okay. So I, uh, it's all automatic. Basically, you said, you know, once you hit the particular switch for the situation this was in, I assume because I've been around poker players for a long time, lots of people think they might have individual exceptions or unique situations. Oh, yeah. And I assume that these sorts of requests are flooding in. Are there unique situations that come up in this or is it no just standard across the board how does that work is there ever do you hear individual cases or is it just hey man this is the policy and it applies to everyone yeah so i mean first and foremost like i said our policy is posted on our website and 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 it's public and it's part of our terms of service that we um this is the policy we adhere to um Yes, of course. Of course, poker players are poker players. They're going to feel like, hey, I was chip leading. I had X percent chance of winning. I was going to win. I didn't get enough. Right. It's like I was chip leading. I only got four X my buy in. Um, But, you know, yes, you were chip leading. But, you know, 90 percent of the tournament was up to play. So, um, you know, but we all have confidence as poker players. You're not a good poker player if you don't have confidence in your ability. So um, the other so I think in most of those cases, people do understand that, yeah, um, you know, it does tend to favor the smaller stacks, especially because you do that 50% of the price pool that's split equally. Right. Um, but that stops somebody from from getting a really tiny, tiny amount. So I, this is not a new process in terms of, of our roll-forward process. We've been doing this exact right. formula for pretty much 20 years now. So um, I, I'm, I'm quite happy and pleased with the process that we have and the formulas that we have. I think there's one area that that's probably generates the most complaints um, and this is probably the trickiest one, and that's when it comes to satellites, um, because satellites are not the same as a normal tournament, right? Right. Um, they're a flat payout structure, and what the, when we do a roll forward for a satellite, what we do is we convert the satellite essentially to a regular tournament and pay it out appropriately. So in that case, actually, you have people that are getting actually can get more than the value of a seat, and that for for the other players in the tournament feels unequitable. And I understand that, and I appreciate that, and I empathize with that. And this is, again, not a new argument. Um, but the problem is, it's it's also the fact that there that when it comes to satellites, there is no quote-unquote fair way to do that. Let's say you have nine seats, and you have ten players that had a reasonable chance of getting a seat, but like three players who were on fumes and 
you know, 99.9% mm. of the time they're not getting a seat, but there's that 0.1% of the time where they do. Do you automatically just give those seats to the people who are likely to get them? Um, you, you know, so you have to, at some point you have to draw a line and you just have to say, uh, we, you know, we can't possibly look at every single tournament, manually review them. We have to do something that we can state in a policy clearly. And, and, and we want to do something that is as, as equitable as possible. So satellites are probably the one exception that, that people tend to, to be the most upset about. To be fair, most of the conversation that I witnessed in the hours following this was less about the cancellation of tournaments. And I think people accepted how it works and the automated payout process. And I think everyone knew, and we'll talk about it in more detail in a moment, that WCOOP main event weekend would happen again in the future. But people who were spending the last weekend of the month trying to achieve their monthly poker challenges, those were the people who had the most questions and I think the most legitimate concern. What is happening there, Strag? Yeah, so, that, you know, it, it, to be honest, it was, it, it, as, as you mentioned, we were monitoring all of these channels as well. And, and uh, we saw that as a concern and we tried to address it as quickly as possible. The first thing that everybody asked for is, can you extend our rakeback challenges? And by the way, we maybe should just, for the purposes of those who may not have, rakeback challenges aren't available in every license and every liquidity. So a rakeback challenge is, is additional rakeback we give on top of our loyalty program um, to players who are at least silver or above. Um, and they get an opportunity to earn additional an additional uh, amount of rakeback um, based on achieving a target. Our normal loyalty program, you get 15 to 25% on every single dollar you rake. On top of that, you can get a challenge that says achieve a target and you get a lump sum. Yes. You miss that target, you get nothing. So mm. obviously, that's the reason why people are really concerned about it's it. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And of course, poker players and human nature is what do we do, right? When, when do you do your homework? When do you study for a test? You do it at, <laughs> you know, the hour before the test yeah. is due, right? Or the, the assignment is due. So poker players as, as a whole, and we see this a gigantic chunk of them finish the bulk of it in the last few days. And of course, if Sunday being a Sunday, they want to pour all their volume when that's when the, the site is most active. So the first thing people were asking us was, was um, you know, the, the challenges were due to end on the 28th of every month. That's standard for us is that challenges run from the 1st to the 28th of every month. They wanted to know, can you extend our time? And uh, so we had two, two questions for us to consider internally. One, is that technically feasible for us to do? And secondly, is that actually the right thing to do? And actually, I, I want to reverse the priority because the first question we always want to ask ourselves is, what is the right thing to do? So you can actually look at, a, at the 28 days and say each day counts for 3.6% of that challenge period. But the last Sunday of the month is not 3.6% of the volume you might, you might play. So yeah. the easy thing for us to do would have been to, first of all, say, um, well, we're just going to make your target 3.6% lower. Well, I don't think that's the right thing to do, um, and and we absolutely that we we discarded that immediately. That was not going to be the 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 target we're going to do. So now it was well, can we extend it? Can we make can we make the the challenges last longer? Give people another week. Give people another few days. Again, because of some technical challenges, we had we have what we call our mini challenges that run over the last days of the weekend. For a variety of, of both operational technical reasons, we decided that's also not the right thing to do. So letting the challenges run as is. But I'm very happy to announce that as, as of last night, we've been able to, again, we had to do a lot of calculations on this and, and make the right judgment call. And, and as always, we want to, um, our kind of, uh, 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 I'm not going to say it's necessarily a written down policy, but certainly our mental policy is err on the generous side of fair. Um, and, in, and in this case, 
Um, we've mm. decided now 85% is the minimum threshold. If you finish 85% of your monthly rake back challenge, we're going to give you uh, that again. And we're not going to give you the full value. We'll give you the 85% value. Oh, so you, wow. So, yeah, you know, whatever you finish, if you finish 90%, we'll give you 90% of the value. Um, and by the way, that doesn't mean that's either the even the bottom line. Um, if a player particularly might feel like they they were 84%, because any any line you draw, then anybody who's just below that, they're going to be upset, right? And again, I, I put myself in the player's shoes. Of course. I absolutely yeah. empathize with that. So we'll take certain things on a case-by-case -case basis. We'll look at past volume. Again, I do want to emphasize it's a manual process. Um, you know, I mean, there's automation to parts to it, but we do have to run, manually run some reports. But certainly any reviews that we have to do, those will be more manual. So it will take some days to get those those credits done. Um, but again, our, 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 I really feel like, um, you know, if we feel that you had a reasonable chance to meet that volume based on your past volume, based on previous chests and so on, we're, we're going we're gonna to make people right. We're going to make people whole in that regard. So let's end then with what happens to WCOOP main event weekend. Um, it's going to be more than a month until this happens. Um, I'm interested in knowing why the long wait, but also what that's going to look like. Are we effectively going to have a Sunday schedule on the 6th of November that will directly replicate what should have run this last Sunday? So, yeah, uh, happy to talk about that. And, and again, kind of a little bit behind the scenes on, on why how we make such a decision. So, um, you know, we get we get a lot of our smartest people on a, on a call uh, like this one. And and um, and we you know, we, we look at our various options and, and you know, we we obviously looked at a lot of different options. The first first option was don't rerun them. Um, that was immediately discarded. Like I, I can tell you that we listed it for the sake of completeness, but immediately said not even an option. Let's discard yep. that one. OK, so then it was OK, run it the following weekend. So run it this coming this coming weekend, uh, run it two weeks from now. Um, or some point in the future. Uh, and we gave heavy consideration to those first two options. And one of our main reasons for not doing that was, again, um, WCOOP is what we like to call, and we coined this term many, many years ago, uh, appointment poker. It's something you write in your diary. You make an appointment to do it. Yes. Um, some of us on this call are old enough to remember that that was the case with TV. When you couldn't record things, <laughs> you had appointment TV. You knew you had to be there. Um, you know, when when a particular TV show was going to be on, you had to make sure you were going to watch it or you were going to miss it. Right. Well, that's WCOOP. WCOOP for many many of our players is can't miss, and they would have made time in their schedules because it the the, the most precious thing players give us when they're playing poker with poker stars is not their money. It's their time. It's the one thing we all have a finite amount of that 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 it is the most precious gift we have, and and so we wanted to appreciate the fact that the players who had made a, a plans to play, they weren't necessarily going to have be able to make change their plans that rapidly. Again, we know players that travel uh, to be in, in a jurisdiction where they can play our events. We recognize that, um, and we actually had feedback from players as well. Uh, you know, to say you know. What you know? What what they were already voluntarily giving us. You know, here are the things you should consider. So we took all of that into account, and and so again, running it this weekend um, felt too rushed, and and it felt like you know the the people that that it would matter to most would be the ones that would struggle the most with trying to make that time, and so that was kind of the same reason not to do it the following weekend. It was it was well, if you're going to if you're going to do that, um, you kind of have the same rationale for the following weekend. So. We really feel like, like we normally do with WCube, we need to give a run-up to it. We need to let people have yeah. some time to make those plans because, you know, these events, you know, we, we give 
insane structures, you know, and you guys know this because you get to do the wonderful cards up coverage of it. But, you know, the mains are four day events so it's for yeah. online. That's that's an insane amount of play. Um, and so we know that's a huge time commitment. And so we want people to be able to make plans to do that. OK, so we know the date, the 6th of November. What are those events going to look like? Are we going to run exactly the same tournaments with exactly the same guarantees? No, I, I have to say we're not going to do that. We're not going to. Um, but I actually, we're going to do better than that. Um, first of all, we're actually calling it the WCOOP Championship Weekend. It's going to begin on the 5th of November, the Saturday, the 5th of November, okay. with a whole slate of new events. Um, so it'll, it'll be basically a WCOOP mini festival. Um, and the Sunday schedule will be Anything that was canceled on this past Sunday, we're going to run those same events with the same guarantees with three exceptions. Our low, medium, and high of the No Limit Hold'em main event, we're going to up the guarantees. Wow. So the low event, which was a $2.5 million guarantee, is now going to be a $3 million guarantee. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to look this up because I, I have to... <laughs> that's a lot of entries in the low event. That's, that's a, a lot. That's a, that's lot, a lot more, uh, 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 whatever you want to call it, runners. Yeah, a lot more a lot more entries. So $2.5 million, now going to $3 million. The 1K medium uh, event is going from $4 million to $5 million guarantee. And the 10K uh, high buy-in event is going from... Six million to seven million, so a total of two and a half million more in guarantees. And not only that, we're going to run free rolls, value-added satellites. We're going to have a whole slate. It's another reason to give us that five weeks. We want to make this a give back to our players. Again, we want to apologize. We know we know that DDoS is not necessarily our fault, but it doesn't mean that we don't empathize with our players. And we want it. We want to try and 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 help them enjoy uh, what we what we have planned for them. So. Uh, I don't have all the details for that now. Obviously, it's only been a few days and of we're course. still scrambling. But I do want to say that we're currently working feverishly on that robust schedule. So more events on the Saturday. There will be other events on the Sunday as well. Um, and and we're looking forward to making this um, the best uh, uh, best WCOOP main event we possibly can under the circumstances. That's awesome. And it's good to know that, you know, the series will end with a bang. The player of the series contest will conclude and we can basically, you know, put wq 2022 into the history books i i want to end on a high note but i do have a question i do have a question what do you do like now the hackers know that wcoop weekend is happening that same weekend like how like question. is there a fear that this will happen again like what obviously you can't say what the exact plan is for handling it please don't do that but but just emotionally how do you feel about putting mm. this back out there well, obviously, that's you know we, we recognize that that we're putting a target on ourselves, right? But you have you know, um, like in any situation like this where you're basically being held for ransom, right? Um, you you don't back down, and so we, we have can't. To, you know we can't, and we're going to put our stake in the ground, and we're going to put our foot down. Um, what are we doing? I already mentioned we're doing a, taking additional steps to harden our system. Uh, and and even and working with our our supplier to make even more protections in place, and uh, as you might imagine, we will have an alert squad standing by, taking uh, taking note of any suspicious activity and on heightened levels of alert. Um, and, and 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 I'm quite happy that our our, our CTO and our, our data protection people they're all very very strongly convinced that this is absolutely not an issue. We feel confident in going ahead. Uh, and again. We're, we're not going to let, let let them get us down. We're going to make sure that this happens. 
Fuck yeah. Like Joe, I want to end on a high note. In addition to the fact that this is an opportunity to develop more robust countermeasures and security systems, are there any other positives to take away from this experience? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, uh, James. It's it's um, it's times like these when I can't be more proud of the people that I work with. It's an amazing accomplishment. Remember that this hit on a Sunday, and and for those of us in in the UK and and elsewhere, seven eight o'clock at night, and we were working uh, and and dealing with this on into the wee hours of the morning and on into the next day. And and I can tell you, the last few days have not been short ones for any of us. And I'm mm. not talking. One, two, three individuals, dozens and dozens, if not well over well over a hundred people are directly involved in this. And it may sound really weird, and it probably is going to sound weird, but it's at times like this when everybody bands together and there's that feeling of just like, we're all in this together and we have to do the right thing for our players. We have to meet their expectations, whatever it takes. I never heard anybody begging off anybody saying, oh no, it's, 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 it's past my time to leave. Absolutely not. Instead, I had people pinging me. What can I do to help? Please let me know. I'm here if you need me. It was amazing. And and it that that amazing energy, that's what sustains me. And that passion for our players that we all have and the game, the amazing game of poker that we all love so much. Um, and, and, and a true shout out to our, our technology colleagues and in particular, uh, those of us on the poker operations team, those guys really they burn the midnight oil they burn the candle at both ends whatever you want to whatever whatever uh, euphemism you want to use there these guys really went above and beyond and i'm so proud of them i'm so happy to call them colleagues and i really i, I think that's the one positive i take out of this is just knowing these are people i can count on and that they care so much well, Strag, I'm glad that you finally got to make your poker in the years debut we will definitely have <laughs> you back on the podcast in the future Hopefully to discuss, I mean, obviously there are, as we've said, positives to come out of this. And yeah. we've ended with some good news about the rescheduling of uh, WCOOP World Championship weekend. But next time it's going to be all good news. Uh, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to that. We do have some exciting things coming up and I can't wait to talk about those things. And and again, I just, I, I, I first of all, thank you for the opportunity. I love the fact that we're able to to do this, to come out and talk about this. And, and, and uh, for those of you who are in Discord or when you see me in the Twitch streets, don't be afraid to say hello. Um, I, you, you guys all know that I'm there. I'm answering your questions. And I do that because I care. I, I, I love our players. I want to see through their eyes. I want to hear what they hear, see what they see. And, uh, and, and it's, it's just, and, and I'm not the only one. We all love the game. We all love our players. We, we all want to do the right things and the best we possibly can. So I'm really happy for this opportunity. And I'm looking forward to the future as well. Thanks, Drag. All right. Thanks, guys. So just to recap, the weekend of the 5th and 6th of November. So with the main events starting on the Sunday, with the 10K World Championship of No Limit Hold'em starting on the Sunday, that means our live coverage will be on the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of that week. That's the 7th, 8th and 9th of November. Three more WCOOP streams to come in early November. Before everything went to shit on Sunday... The series was shaping up nicely. Big prize pools, big names winning world championship trophies, multiple, multiple champions. Now, we last spoke to our WCOOP correspondent a week ago. So let's find out what's happened since, because there is stuff to report on. 
And Howard Swains is here to report on it. Howard, I appreciate this was meant to be our WCOOP recap. Obviously no longer the case, but I think we can draw a thin line under the series. A dotted line. Yeah, I mean, for a start, I think Rui Ferreira might just have player of the series locked up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that is true. I hope you remember last week, actually, before I think it was broadcast, I said that I thought one of our dominant players might go on and win a fourth or you a did. fifth. And uh, and that actually happened that very night. Uh, so the very night I said it before wow. it was broadcast. But yes, yeah, so Rui Ferreira won four events. I mean, he could win more. There's more still to, to, to play. But yeah, he's got four already. So he won an 11 max, six, uh, 11 dollar six max tournament and that was his fourth of the series uh yeah he also <laughs> so made sick. the final table of the thursday thrill since we last talked so in total let's let's just look what he won he won four titles he came runner-up three times and as we speak he has a 435 point lead over benny glaser wow. in the overall uh the overall things i mean we were saying last week and we were right to say that it was going to go all the way to the wire and it was a few people could win but now it looks like it's kind of over i mean something completely ridiculous would have to happen for yeah. uh, Rui not to win it i don't think it's technically impossible but it's very 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 unlikely okay all right fine player of the series it would be cool if it came down to the reschedule weekend but 435 points does seem like a lot sorry benny glazer um four titles for Rui Ferreira. For Rui Ferreira. But we did have a couple people win three uh, also. Yeah. So we had three more triple champions. So that's more than the ones we talked about last wait, time. Wait, wait, so, sorry. Three more triple champions, not three yeah. triple champions. <laughs> three more triple champions. Uh, we got five. In, in total, we had five three-time winners. But we'll get to those later. But the the new ones. So we had a player called Daniux from Lithuania. Won two titles in one night. So that was the, their second and third. Uh, and a Canadian called Rui, Rue 400. So th that was a triple champion. And But the person we know best of all of all of these is friend of the podcast Tobias Lechness uh, so he won the 2k8 game that was the third of the year and more importantly that's his ninth of all time and that is tied for the equal most WQ wow. trophies uh, Dennis Strebkov who remember had that crazy year when he won five and then this year Jao Vieira so he won three this time so Tobias and Jao both won three this time and both went from six to nine Korea W Coop titles. Uh yeah, nothing from uh nothing from Dennis Strebkov this time. But yeah, so three players now on at nine career W Coops, including I Tobias. Like the fact the focus has changed, because the question used to be when is Strebkov gonna win his tenth? And now the question is which of these three <laughs> players is gonna be the first to win ten? Or maybe it's someone else who's sitting there yeah. on kind of like six or seven titles. Yeah, it's true. Like, uh, I mean, there's the Sean Deeb doesn't play so much anymore. He's high up there, but like all the others are still very active. So yeah, they could easily kind of like uh, rock it up to the top. I feel like the world series bracelets was tied. It was like nine was where it was tied for a long time. And then it was like Helmuth that went 10, 11, 12, 30, <laughs> wherever he is now. So that's like a fun number to be at. And the cool thing is someone could do it in November. Um, you know, uh, old NASA could win the W coop main event and be the guy to hit 10. Yeah. yeah not impossible at all. Not so impossible. To be clear, Howard, we've got Rui Ferreira winning four this series, five, three times winners. Are you able to count the number of two times winners? <laughs> yes, of course I can. Uh, <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> we have 17 two-time winners. Yeah, so that makes uh, there 23 multiple winners. Uh, so that's like 23 players with more than one title. Uh, that's a new record um, and kind of impressive given that it's a shorter series as well. So yeah, the, uh, you said it last week, uh, where we're seeing more multiple winners. I mean, absolutely categorically, yes. This is the most we've most we've ever seen, and certainly we've never seen that many three-time winners. Uh, and you know, Rui Ferreira obviously only one off the all-time record too. So yeah, twenty-three multiple winners. It's it's pretty good. And uh, Brazil, I assume. Just get, just tell me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, while we're on the subject of records, huh? Like, yeah, so yeah. they've uh, they've made uh, they've won fifty eight titles. So they, the last one came last night. So they're on fifty seven, and then there was one more last night, which made it fifty eight, and that is the all time record because they got fifty seven last year. Uh, UK have got twenty eight this year. So and they're second place on the table. So Brazil has more than double the uh, the second. Uh, I mean, I guess we always knew we'd be talking about this. It's pretty much certain even before the series starts that this is where we end up but hats off again to brazil they've 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 kind of done it again yeah i, I feel like if anything can get online poker re-legalized in the u.s it's just show them that brazil has taken over the all-time coop winner leaderboard and maybe it'll get our politicians mo okay <laughs> yeah, any, good other, luck with that. Uh, any other uh winners you want to highlight Okay, let's talk about David Yan, uh, Miss Oracle. Uh, so oh, he yeah, finally sure. won one. So he he came second three times in the early stages of this year's W Coop, but he finally did win one. He won a 5K turbo uh, for 130K, and that was good. Uh, that was also the first of the year for New Zealand, and that's in itself was important because that means we now had winners from 42 different countries, and that's tied for the most we've ever seen as well. Uh, pretty good because obviously we've got no Russia, we've got no Netherlands this time time uh so we got a really good smattering of people from everywhere else and we had the first ever from cambodia and kyrgyzstan uh, uh they both won their first ever and yeah and david yans was the first from new zealand and i and i just want to quickly mention the phase events they played last night they're the ones that always get tons and tons and tons of entries because of the way they sort of play out with multiple day ones or phase ones. Uh, yeah. So, for instance, in the low buy-in there, there were 79,614 entries. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I can't tell which were multiple entries, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm absolutely certain that various people, uh, you know, shot several bullets in that. But, uh, you know, 79,000 entries is pretty good for any tournament. Incredibly impressive. Yeah. So at the time of recording, Howard, we've Still got the final freeze and the series wrap-up hyper-turbos to be played. More significantly, the weekend of the rescheduled main events is more than a month away. And you're not going to be here for it? Wait, what? <laughs> I know. Uh, I, we see, uh, you know what I'm like in January. I, I booked my holidays all around the uh, W Coop and uh, Scoop. So oh. I thought that that week in November was going to be clear. So I've, uh, I've actually had to book five weeks of holiday into that one week because it's the only one that's available. Oh, I'm so sorry uh, that you get to miss it. And we get to miss you on our streams and podcast. But that means we need one last stat attack, please, Howard, with the caveat that these are not the final, final numbers. They're not. Yeah, it's going to be the longest series ever, isn't it? Because it's going to go on all the way till November. But uh, yeah, we've got so we've got 286 completed tournaments at time of recording. Uh, there have been 949,000 entries. Uh, the prize pools are at 76. 
$12.9 million. First place prizes, $12.8 million. Uh, yeah, and as like you say, we got at time recording six tournaments ongoing, nine more starting. So that's the uh, that's the last stat attack of the of the year. But uh, there'll be more on the blog tomorrow. Absolutely, and of course there will be a full final summary of WCube 2022 once it has concluded in early November. But Howard, your part in the story is over. Thank you very much for your contributions, <laughs> not just You're to the welcome. podcast but also to the live streams as well. And we will probably see you at an EPT or for Scoop very, very soon. Hope so. Speak to you soon. Or on your vacation, where are you going? <laughs> You're not really that interested in that. And we're going to close out this episode of Poker in the Years with our Superfan Quiz. And that means we need to introduce this week's Superfan, Sebastian Generali. Good afternoon slash good morning. Good morning slash good afternoon. And kudos so to you for pronouncing my name correctly. Very few do. Wait, so what, what do people get wrong? Uh, I don't know. Like, all kinds of variations. They like to add an E in it, like make it French Sebastien. Or uh, <laughs> they have a really hard time spelling my last name. And I would just say General with an I at the end. Pretty simple. That's kind of how I looked at it. And that's kind of how I said it. There you go. You nailed it. It sounds like you're a real Paisan, though. Is that why you picked hey, Donnie Brasco? You no, know, absolutely. Paisan. Yeah. Half Italian, half Colombian. Half Italian, half Colombian. Is that what you said? Yeah, half Italian, half Colombian. So you could both. Uh, anyway, no, I was going to make two stereotype <laughs> comments. I know where you do were that. going. Don't. Yes. Uh, yes. Just tell us, Sebastian, about where you live now and what you do. Okay. So I live in the suburbs of Atlanta, uh, and I'm an area sales manager for a wireless carrier, uh, which is just a fancy way of saying that I run cell phone stores. It's almost information. It is information technology it's related. Close, You're another right? IT nerd. Close. Yeah. I am a okay, let me ask, for sure. Let me ask you this question. The deal that a customer gets walking into one of your stores, you, you can do better than that, right? There's like Always. a secret, secret deal. Always. There's a secret deal. <laughs> I knew it. If you know a guy, and now you know a guy. Now I know a guy. If you're there ever you in the Atlanta area, Joe, and you need a cell phone, you know we got who you. to hook up with. Um, <laughs> so obviously being an American super fan, not from one of the states where PokerStars is a thing. Online poker, not really an option to you. What's the live poker scene like in your part of the world? So I started uh, about 12 years ago or so uh, with uh, just local bar poker uh, right. and stuck with that for a long time and then transitioned into private house games, cash games. Um, and then we've had a resurgence of what we call charity poker leagues over here where you pay real money and you get a real prize pool, but part of it goes to a charity. Okay. So it runs in kind of a loophole, uh, gray area. So that's what we've been playing over here in Georgia a lot. Uh, but the, the live cash games um, are really big here. Like the home scene is awesome. Nice. Well, because you cannot play for a Sunday million ticket, you can play for something that you could potentially use in one of those cash games. Ooh. It is one of the exclusive Poker in the Ears deck of cards. Uh, you know you're going to get the mug and the t-shirt, but the cards, in order to win those, you will have to beat Joe Stapleton in a Donnie Brasco-themed quiz. I am glad you picked this movie, Sebastian, because I'm a big fan. Absolutely. It's a great movie. It's a classic, and I think it's a little underrated when you come to talk about uh, movies like God, uh, Godfather, Goodfellas, Casino, I think Donnie Brasco is just under the radar. So I saw all of these movies around the same time when I was like legally able to rent them on my own. And sure. so I saw 
Goodfellas, Godfather, um, and and Donnie Brasco was the first one I liked. Was the first one that I was like, oh, th- I actually like this movie. And for me, it was because it was like the first time that there was actually like a hero in it. Now I get he's like a bit of a conflicted hero, but not really. You know, he's still an FBI agent. He's still the good guy in this. And so for a long time, this was the only mob movie I liked. Now the th- that's the. That's the bad news is because I liked it. I remember it. The good news is that I haven't had a chance to rewatch this very recently. So I do like your chances a little bit. I'll take it. I'll take it. Joe. You know how this works. Patrick has compiled a 10 question quiz. There is a certain element of luck of the draw. And in this case, luck's already on your side because this is one of those weeks where Joe Stapleton ran out of time. So <laughs> you get to go first, Sebastian. I need a number between one and 10, please. Uh, We're going to go with 10. We're going to go to the very, very end. Okay. Now, this is one of two questions in Patrick's quiz that has a bonus attached. So by virtue of that, Joe, your next question will be question five, which has the other bonus. So question 10, Sebastian, what make of car did Donnie make the strip club owner give up as payment for his debt owed to Lefty? It was a Porsche. It was a Porsche for two points. And the bonus question, how much was the debt? Ooh, uh, 8,000. It was 8,000. You get the full complement of three points from question 10. So, Joe, there are three points up for grabs with question five. Name the actor who plays poorly. Okay, I'll I'll take the choices. Is it (laughs) Michael Madsen? James Russo, Bruno Kirby, or Robert Miano? Bruno Kirby. No, it's James Russo. And that means the bonus passes to Sebastian. In what (laughs) city was James Russo born? Oh, Lord, I don't have a clue. I knew the first part of that answer. Uh, New York City. Correct for the bonus point. Wow. (laughs) The run good continues. And we're on to round two, so you get to pick again. Sebastian, the bonuses have gone. Questions five and ten are off the board. You can have anything else. Always coming seven. Always coming seven. What is Lefty's last name? Ruggiero. Ruggiero for two points. Six nothing the score. Joe. Can I even win at this point? Uh, (laughs) Question one. Okay, in what year was the film released? Do you even need the options? It was the 1990s. I want to say I'm in the 95, 96 range. I feel like a little bit, not quite as early as 90. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. How old was I? (laughs) 1997. Correct for two points. You're on the board. Congratulations. Pull it out of nowhere. Good one. Sebastian, your next question. Let's go eight. Question number eight. What object does Nikki use to beat the Japanese man in the restaurant bathroom? It was his shoe. It is his shoe for two points. I would have got that one. Damn it. Where are we going next, Joe? I was just, we'll just run it from the beginning. Question okay. two. Question two. Who directed the film? Donnie Brasco. Oh, fuck. No, it was not Oh Fuck, but <laughs> have another shot. Uh, God, I, I need the choices. Okay. 
Is it Mike Newell, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, or Sergio Leone? Mike Newell. It is Mike Newell for one point. Three, four, six, and nine are available. The back half has been kind to me so far. Nine. Okay. How many murders did Lefty say he committed? It was in the 20s, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in mid-20s. You can take the options if you want. Uh, I got it. But they're all going to be the same. I'll, uh, I'll take the options. They're not the same. You'll get it from the options. 8, 17, 26, or 35? 26. Correct for a point. 9-3 the score. We're into the penultimate round. 3-4-6, Joe, are your questions. I'm just remembering also just how much I love this movie because not only now I'm remembering, like, not only is there a hero in it, but, like, uh, Pacino's character is so sympathetic, too. He's, yeah. like, so sad. Um, okay, uh, just give me the lowest one. Six? Uh, question three. What three. was Lefty making for Christmas dinner when Donnie went to visit? Classic Patrick question, this one. I'll take the choices. Lasagna, chicken parmesan, coco van, or oysters? Chicken parm. No, it was coco van. And we go into the final round. Four or six for your final question, Sebastian. I'll take six. In what year is the film set? This one I know, 1978. Correct for two points. Joe, this is about salvaging dignity now. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert, you cannot win. What was the name of the boat that Lefty asked Donnie to get for him? I'll know this one of the choices, I believe. Was it the right hand, the left hand, the right foot, or the left foot? I think I can narrow it down to hands. In which case you face a classic race. I think it's left, the left hand. Joe Stapleton just want to flip, ladies and gentlemen, write down the <laughs> date and time. Uh, it gets you four points, but as I said, it was over long before that. Sebastian, your final score, 11 points. You are a winner. Uh, congratulations. That means you are going to get a Poker in the Ears t-shirt, your choice of mug, and you're going to get one of those exclusive pipe-themed deck of cards. I love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I'm a big fan of you guys. Thank you, Thanks. Sebastian. Just out of interest, couldn't you get the tiebreaker question? How many times is a variation of the word fuck used in this film? Wow. <laughs> uh, set the line, Joe. Set the line. I'll set the line at 85. Well, I'll take the over. Uh, more than double that. 185 <laughs> uses of the F word. Uh, Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you giving up your time, and we'll be in touch to get your details to ship you those prizes. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right, my babies. That's about all the time we have got for this week's show, and it's probably for the best. Because next week, we're going to return to happier times, especially because the thing we're discussing already happened a few weeks ago. There's no chance it can't happen. It's already happened. And it's Sam Grafton winning $5.5 million.
Yeah, would you believe it? It's actually been more than two years since we last had the squid on this podcast. So he's coming back. So we got Sam for real. He was hard to get before. Now that he's rich, we can get him. We're sure he's locked in. Joe, he may have scored $5.5 million in a poker tournament. But the key question, as you well know, is how much did you lose? Okay, well, hopefully he will answer that for us. Sam's pretty open and honest in general. And a fella, I'm not afraid of offending. Like if I'm... Like, if we have a regular guest on here, I'll be like, hey, like, how much did you lose? I'd be afraid they get mad. Sam, I'm just like, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just deal with it in the moment. Um, so <laughs> I'm dodging a bullet. Speaking of losing players, I was supposed to go to a live tournament this weekend. Turns out, former uh, – I'm actually going with a bunch of guests that we've had on the show before, James, not to a poker tournament. Our friend Josh Molina, friend of the show, been very good to us. He's in a new play in San Diego. So I me, saw this. I've seen people talking about it. I've seen some of the reviews on Twitter. Yeah, so me and Beth Hall and Danny Zucker and Maria Ho and our friend David Pressman, who you've heard mentioned multiple times on the show but hasn't been a guest yet, are doing a little road trip to San Diego to go see Josh in his play. However, if I wasn't doing that, there is a Road to PSPC event happening at Maryland Live this weekend. I was inches away from going to that instead, uh, but we we already had these plans to see Josh's play, and I did want to bail on him. That's a shame. Hopefully, there'll be another chance soon, Joe. I think it's worth highlighting that these tournaments, which award platinum passes to the winners, are taking place all over the world. And as I think we've said multiple times on our live streams and on this podcast, if you go to PokerStarsLive.com, all of the events that have been announced are there. More are being announced in the future. And just see if there's a city, a country, somewhere near you where you can go and have a fun poker weekend and potentially win your way to the PSPC. I'm going to do that. I'm going to see if there's one near me. And if one ends up being actually near me, I'm going to try to go to it. So hopefully I can meet up with some folks if more of these are announced later on. Uh, until that happens... Get on the Discord. I've actually been trying a little bit more to, to be involved in Discord. It seems like conversation sort of ebbs and flows there. I'd love to see. Do I want an ebb or a flow? We want a flow, I think. We want a flow. Look, <laughs> as we established earlier on, Discord was very busy over the weekend. And you will find on the PokerStars Discord server, link in the description below, you will find a thread just about general stuff to do with PokerStars. And Strag spends a lot of time in there. And he did spend a lot of time in there over the weekend. Uh, if you do have any follow-up questions to what we discussed today, the Discord server is the perfect place to be. Plus, of course, there are channels dedicated to PokerStars Learn, channels dedicated to Twitch streams. And yes, there are channels dedicated to this podcast. And we kind of need to up the level of conversation, guys. Yeah, so let's do it. Uh, however, this is all the time we have got for this slightly more somber episode of Poker in the Ears. But until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleson. Smell you later.